Hey everyone, welcome to the Eastridge Church East Campus Podcast, where we take the message portion of our Sunday services and we put them in a convenient podcast form so you can listen to anywhere that you are. Are you on your lunch break? Are you working out, jogging? Uh, What else? Are you stuck in traffic? We know how that can be, especially in Atlanta. These podcasts might be able to take your mind off of that. And also, maybe you're stuck in class and you're trying to drown out your teacher. I'm kidding. Listen to your teacher. Listen to the podcast later. Today, we're wrapping up the Aftershocks series. This is a three-part series, so make sure you go back and check out the other two messages. This Aftershock series has been all about making us aware of things that can follow a traumatic event. They can be extreme or mild, but they can be things that really just throw us off and and we don't even realize that we're going through it sometimes. Things like depression or anger, uh, substance abuse. We wanna help you through those. We wanna give you some tools to help you overcome those aftershocks. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and dive in, and and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, we're wrapping up our series called Aftershocks. And first of all, I want to thank Brad Rutledge for uh, uh, preaching last week. But Brad did something wrong last week. He said something about my bald head. You talk about stepping out of denial, (laughs) (laughs) but we'll let it slide, all right? Um, No, we're wrapping up this series, and if this is your first Sunday or it's your first Sunday checking us out online, um, we're looking at how we handled these issues that either came up during COVID the last year and a half, or maybe they were magnified during the last year and a half because of COVID. Now, I am very thankful that God has given us a ministry like Celebrate Recovery. Listen, a lot of times a need will happen and a church will go, hey, what do we do? How do we address this need? We got we to gotta form a ministry. We've had a ministry that has been strong for 21 years that addresses all these different types of hurts, habits, and hangups. And so I'm very thankful for that. And I, and I want to be very clear clear that the last three weeks have been a Celebrate Recovery series in the sense that we've been preaching through the, the first three steps of that. And, and the first step being, hey, you know what? Hey, we're going to admit we have issues. We're, we're going to step out of denial. That, hey, I, I'm struggling with these. And then last week, talking about how the hope we have in Jesus Christ, that there's a God that knows us, a God that loves us. And listen, there is the hope and the power to recover. And then today, we're going to talk about this, that we're made a decision to turn our lives, uh, we, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. We made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. That is what we're doing today. Now, a friend of mine, his name's Matt Alexander. He's a pastor of Fusion Church in Madison. I, I saw this quote by him uh, this morning on Facebook. He said this, God's plan is always better than our plan, no matter how much pain we've experienced or how much we are experiencing. I want you to understand this. God's plan is always better than our plan, no matter how much pain we've experienced or how much pain we're experiencing. When you and I are in charge of our lives and our wills, it is costly. When I say I'm going to be in charge of Scott and I'm going to be in charge of determining what my will is and and take care of myself, listen, it is costly. And the reason life and and our problems can become unmanageable is because we're trying to handle these type of issues 
on our own. We're trying to keep them a secret. We don't want anybody to know about it. And we're trying to handle them on our own without God's care and without God's leading. And that can be so costly. Hey, I want to show you a picture. All right, here's a, here's a picture. Now, uh, the, the pretty lady in the middle is my wife. And then on to her right, that's Cage. You, you may have heard stories about Cage. And then the, on, on the left is Trenton. Now, you've heard stories about my family, okay? Now, as great a looking family as that is, that's not the purpose of that picture, okay? The purpose of the picture is the table. I made that table. Now you go, wow. Well, I'm, the second service will get it, all right? <laughs> So I, I made that table. Now, let me tell you, I didn't have a better picture of this table. This is the best uh, picture I could find that we had taken. But this happened during quarantine uh, last year. She's doing school with them. And this is the only picture I could find of the table. But let me tell you why I made that table. Our family is growing. I, ha I have six boys. I have three daughters-in-law. And I have four grandchildren. There's Tracy and I and my mom. She lives with us as well. And so that table is already too small. But it seats 14 people at the most. It has the dimensions of a ping pong table because I have a ping pong table topper that I can put on it, and that's where we play our ping pong. We take all the Tracy's all that garbage off, you know, and we put the ping pong stuff on there. But let me tell you about that top. That's the third top I put on it. See, I had this idea that I wanted a table the dimensions of a ping pong table. I didn't go to Pinterest to find a plan, and if I did, I wouldn't tell you. But I didn't ask anybody. I just had it in my head what this table needs to look like. And I had the lumber minus what well, I had lumber to start with. And so I put, a, I put a top on there. And then I realized, man, this is way too complicated. And it was too thin. And so I took the top off. And then I went and I bought uh, to Home Depot. And, and I had them cut a bunch of two-by-tens for me. And, and when I got them home, they cut them all the wrong length. They, no, two, no two boards were the same length at all. And then finally I went and bought some two-by-twelves. And this was before lumber went through the roof, thankfully. But I did it in my own wisdom, my own leading. I, I, it was my own plan. And you know what? It was very costly. We, we do things like that with our lives. There's something either we, there's a need we want to meet. There, maybe there's a pain we want to medicate. And instead of getting help, instead of reaching out, sometimes we just figure, well, I'll just handle it on my own. I'll, I'll strengthen up. I'll work harder. I'll, I'll tell no one, and it'll get better. And that's costly. Or, you know what, I, I'll, I'll, I won't tell anybody and I'll just pray more. I'll pray more and I'll read my Bible more. And, you know, that, that can be costly too. When we try to handle it on our own, man, we lose relationships. We lose peace of mind. We lose our sanity. And things will look good on the outside for a while. It's only a matter of time before things come crumbling down. So what do we do? I want you to listen to God's word for all of us. Paul just got through talking about the incredible work of, of Christ, how God has sacrificed his son and, and the richness that there is in Jesus Christ. And he says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in, in view of God's mercy, all that he's done to save us, he says, in view of that mercy, Hey, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. 
Yes, singing is worship, but true worship is not say, hey, God, here I am. Hey, God, here I am. Hey, you lead. Hey, God, here I am. I'm an instrument for you to use to serve and bless other people. Hey, God, here I am. Do, do with me what you please. Here I am. I, I am yours. So what do we do? What does that look like? Trust Jesus. Well, Scott, that's a nice church answer. Church, trust Jesus. And you may be thinking your situation is impossible. You, you may be thinking, you know what, my addiction is, is too deep. My, my depression is too dark. And the relationship is just too far gone. There's nothing God can do. You're, you're telling me to trust Jesus, and, and I'm telling you that there's nothing that, that God can do about this. I want to tell you about an impossible situation. I'm going to tell you, God specializes in impossible situations. There was a, a leader of the synagogue, and his daughter was sick. Matter of fact, she dies before he even gets back to the house with Jesus. But listen to how it goes. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus and the leader of the, leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Let's all be honest. Doesn't that seem like the situation's done? I mean, at that point, doesn't it seem like, you know, well, you're right. Why, why should we even bother Jesus at this point? But Jesus overheard them and said, don't be afraid. Just have faith. And we know how the story ends. Jesus raises her from the dead. Jesus brings her back to life. Well, here's a question. Jesus said, hey, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Well, well how much faith do I need? Jesus told the disciples one time, he said, you don't have enough faith. Now you're thinking, well, he's talking to me now. Well, the question is, how much faith is enough? He says, I tell you the truth. If you had the faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. And listen to what he says, nothing would be impossible. Nothing would be impossible. It's not that you got to have great faith. It's not that you got to have a lot of faith. Hey, listen, you just got to have a little faith. Faith is small as a mustard seed. So, so trust Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're like the man said, help me overcome my unbelief. Maybe right now you need to ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, I need more faith. But all you need is a little faith. And watch God do impossible things. But also... We need to do this. We need to understand who it is that we're following. I believe the greatest obstacle in a lot of people's walk with Jesus is they really don't understand who Jesus is. And that, that may come from some upbringing you had in, in your home, maybe uh, some strictness or, or legalistic uh, parents or maybe a legalistic church, or, or maybe there was some incredible abuse that happened in the church. I, I just don't know. But I think the greatest obstacle in a lot of people's walk with Jesus is they have a, a wrong understanding or a wrong view of Jesus. I was listening to a, a podcast, and then 
they were interviewing David Goggins. I don't know if you know who David Goggins is. He's like a freak of nature when it comes to um, physical endurance and physical capabilities. And he's got a, a very creative use of the English language, if you understand w- what I'm saying. And so I'm, I'm listening to him. I'm really intrigued with all that he's been able to do physically. Even a lot of it he did with a heart defect and didn't know it. He shouldn't have done any. It shouldn't have been alive. But it got to the end of the interview, and the interviewer says, hey, I know you had this deep faith in God. Would you like to explain that? And he said, yes. And I thought, man, I want to hear what this deep faith in God is. And he said, you know what? We're given this life, and he will let us in heaven based on what we did with it. I run all these marathons, and I compete in all these competitions so that when I get to heaven, he doesn't say, you could have done so much more with what I gave you. Sorry. That's depressing. That, that is a depressing view of God. If that's your view of God, if that's your view of Jesus, man, that is a, a depressing view because here's the truth. We've all blown it. Man, there would be no need of a Savior if we haven't blown it. I have blown it. I, I blew it yesterday. You, you have blown it, whether it be a, a temper or an addiction or, or whatever it may be. Man, we've all blown it, and, and God, who is rich in mercy, gave us his son, Jesus Christ. Man, we've all blown it. God is wanting to embrace us, not reject us. I want you to hear that God is wanting to embrace us, not reject us, the very ones who have blown it. He wants us to trust him so he can lead us and show us himself and the life he has. He wants to heal our wounds. He wants to comfort our hearts. He wants to forgive our sins. He wants to. Whatever it is that you may have never shared with anyone, God wants to forgive it. God wants to comfort you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to build you up. And he wants to use you to be a blessing to others. But but how? Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. I hate that anybody in this room has heard this verse before. (laughs) We used to sing this verse. Okay? So I'm going to read it. And my prayer is that you're hearing it for the first time. How do we have this life where God heals us and leads us and, and uses us to be a blessing to others? You trust in the Lord. With all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Isn't that how we got to where we are? If we're in a place that we we don't want to be in, isn't isn't that how we got to where we are? We depended on our own understanding. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with everything you got. Don't don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do in, in every situation, in every hurt, in every sickness, in every financial situation, in every relationship situation, in every temptation, seek his will in all you do. And he will show you the path to take. 
don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you'll have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength from your bones. Understand this is who we follow. This, When we follow him like this, he brings strength and healing to us. And Jesus wants to do that. I'm telling you, he wants to do that. So what do we have to do next? That means repent. Great church work. Great church. You're not going to hear this at work next week. You're not going to hear it in school next week. But it's essential to following Jesus. Peter replied, this is at Pentecost, and man, Christ has just ascended into heaven, and they have been meeting and praying, and now this Holy Spirit has come, and now this is the very first message. And Peter goes, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he said, this promise is to you, is to your children, and to those far away all who've been called by the Lord our God. Repent. Repent. Turn to God. Turn, turn away from the sin and turn to God and trust him for salvation, trust him for forgiveness, and we'd receive his spirit to help us walk and follow him. This past week, I was reading in Isaiah, and I, and I came across this verse, Isaiah 15, and it said what God does for those who are, are repentant. He says, I restore the crushed spirit of the humble, and I revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. Listen to this one more time. I restored the crushed spirit of the humble, and I revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, God will revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. But what does a life of repentance look like? Um, Jason Corley, Jason, I'm going to invite you on up. Jason Corley, uh, let me tell you about Jason. Um, I, Jason, I don't know when you've not served here at East Ridge, just volunteering in, in various places, a leader on our Celebrate Recovery Mission on Thursday night, but he serves you every Sunday, and you don't know it. He gets here about 8 o'clock in the morning, and all the Connect cards and all the pens and all the papers that go in the back of the chairs, Jason does that. You know? So, Jason, I want to say, first of all, thank you for doing that. And then thank you for, uh, yeah. Yeah. And thanks for sharing your testimony. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with anger, codependency, and control issues. My name is Jason. I don't know about you, but I found myself in uncharted waters during the coronavirus pandemic. When I first started hearing about it, I was in denial. I didn't think it would impact my life. I was somewhat disconnected from the news and didn't have much information about what was occurring. I worked for the school system, so when it shut down, I had to come to grips with the fact that this was an actual life-changing event. It affected me and every person that I knew. In the beginning, my morning prayer routine and Bible reading habits were unchanged. I started doing some extra projects around the house, catching up on my honey-do list. I made a downhill turn 
when I started watching the news, checking CDC reports, and became hyper-focused on the curve lessening. Eventually, these negative thoughts and news reports started interrupting my Bible reading and my prayer time. I was isolated from the church, CR, most friends, and coworkers. My anxious thoughts became harder and harder to stop. I got a terrible case of the what ifs. I wasted a lot of time and energy on things I had absolutely no control over, and I was emotionally zapped by everything that was happening. I was easily irritated with others. I even questioned God and his purpose in all this. My wife was very loving and supportive, but I felt like it was my duty as a husband to bear the weight of the junk I was carrying. CR hosted a, a Zoom meeting at noon on Mondays, and I attended and started stepping out of my denial. I admitted that I was powerless to control my negative thoughts and anxiety about what was going on. It helped me to start thinking better thoughts, and the meeting reminded me that I wasn't alone. God reminded me that I mattered to Him. He had the power to help me recover, even during a pandemic. Also, my wife hosted a vacation Bible school in our home during this time. We had a bunch of neighborhood kids come in, which was great because it made me realize how much I enjoyed serving on Thursday night and how much I missed the kids. We watched church and see our online. I'm so grateful that we had those, but it just wasn't the same in as in person. Once we were able to meet in person again, I was super intentional about being available to serve in any way I was needed. God gave me the opportunity to lead a step study and stay connected with my share group. This helps me by keep, I keep laying my pride down. I accepted for the first time in my life that it's good to ask for help. I realized that my friends loved me and wanted to be there for me. Once again, I realized I'm not alone. In Celebrate Recovery, we find discipleship, relationships, sponsors, and develop accountability partners. This helps me to talk out my feelings and express myself in a safe environment. I found men to encourage me and love me unconditionally. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand back to back and can conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. When I allow people to see my junk and they love and support me anyway, I experience how God loves me through others. There's a supernatural benefit to the principle three. Consciously choose to commit all my life and my will to Christ's care and control. I gave my life to Jesus years ago, but I can struggle with handing over my will to him each and every day. My will was to obsess and stress over the things I couldn't control. But his will opens the door to freedom from those things. I've always known it's all right not to be all right. But through the course of this pandemic and my time in Celebrate Recovery, I experienced this freedom firsthand. You can find the same hope and freedom no matter what you're facing. Maybe you're having gripping anxious thoughts like I was. Maybe it's something else. All I know is that Celebrate Recovery has been around for 30 years and has helped over 7 million people overcome all kinds of hurts, habits, and hangups, even a pandemic. It can and will help you too. You don't have to try to work through things on your own. 
You're welcome to join us on Thursday nights. And I'll even meet you there. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, ma'am. Celebrate Recovery is not just an um, Eastridge ministry. It is an international ministry. And he's right. It's helped 7 million people. And we're very fortunate to have um, one of the stronger ones uh, in, in the country here in Covington, Georgia, at our church. And, and I don't say that like I'm bragging. I mean, listen, we're very thankful and very grateful that God has given us that type of ministry, especially in this time. And let me just say this. There'll be people there that get you. What I mean by that is when you, when you walk in, they get it. They understand it. You got people that'll walk with you, that'll accept you, that'll love you. And so it's a great place. Hey, Jason said this. He says, I gave my life to Jesus Christ years ago, but I can struggle with handing my will over to him every day. Whew. I'll raise my hand for all of us because I think we all struggle with that. And he went on to say, my will was to obsess and stress over the things I couldn't control, but his will opens the door to freedom from those things. And that's what repentance looks like. Every day I'm going to turn, I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to seek his will in all that I do. That's what we're going to do. And then you know what you get to do? You get to receive a, a new life. You get to receive a new life. A new life, now, that sounds great, but we get to think, man, I'm going to wreck that life too. You ever thought that? Man, you give me a new life, that's great for, I almost said an hour. Let's be honest, five minutes. And all of a sudden it gets this mark on it, we can't erase it. I don't want a new life like that. I don't want a new old life. No, it's completely different than that. It's a new life different than before. Listen to what Paul says in, in Romans he said, we're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Notice what he didn't say. We're made right with God by living a perfect life. We're made, by right, we're made right with God by, by getting all the answers right. We're made right with God by being perfect. He didn't say that. We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who you are. No matter who we are. For everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yet God in His grace, He freely makes us right in His sight. And He did this through Jesus Christ when He freed us from the penalty of our sin. This new life is where we're right with God. Not by what we do, but by what Jesus did. He took the penalty of our sins. He took our punishment. He ascended to hell for us. He did all this. He takes our sins, and then he gives us the title of sons and daughters by faith in him. We are made right with God when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. But I'm still not perfect. Man, I know that. I know that because I know me. But Jesus is always before God advocating and interceding for us, always hitting the reset button as we grow in Christ-likeness. It's the greatest trade ever. We give him our sins, and he gives us his righteousness. Greatest trade ever. 
a new life marked by peace with God based on the righteousness of Jesus. Greatest example of peace I've seen in a long time. Uh, last Sunday afternoon, I was uh, able to do the funeral of Don Kale, one of our members, 80 years old. And before he passed, on the Wednesday before he passed, his son-in-law called me and said, Scott, we're in the hospital. We, you know, they didn't think it was going to come to this. And we were all around Don's bed, and we prayed for him. And I just thought they meant that they were praying for him, and he was unconscious, but he wasn't. He was awake. And after they prayed for him, he prayed for each person around his bed. And then they said, Don, are you ready for us to dial the machines back? And Don said, full throttle. How is he able to leave this world with that kind of peace? How is he able to leave this world, his wife, his kids, his grandkids, his friends, his church family? How is he able to leave with, with that kind of peace? Where he could look up at the technician and say, full throttle. Because he had been made right with God through Jesus Christ. He had been made right with God because he placed his faith in Jesus Christ. He could live a life here on this earth. And listen, we all live a life here on earth that is full of, of trouble and, and turmoil, COVID-19, uh, uh, just all types of heartaches and hardships. He had suffered through heart attacks himself, not to mention just the fact that he's human living on this earth. But yet when the time came, when he knew, it wasn't like he knew it was going to come one day. He knew in the next 15 minutes or so, he was going to face his maker. He had enough peace to save full throttle. If I was asked in this room, how many in here believe in Jesus Christ? This is Sunday morning. Matter of fact, you came to the early service. Most of you say, I believe in Jesus Christ. But let me ask it another way. How many of you believe in Jesus Christ and you're trusting the Lord with all your heart and you're no longer leaning on your own understanding? Everything you're going through, you're acknowledging Him and you're seeking His will in that and He's given you and showing you what path to take? See, that's following Jesus. That, that's believing that he is Lord. It's not believing that he just saved us from our sins, but that's believing, hey, you know, his way is best. His way is fruitful. His, his way, his will is always right. Do you have that kind of belief in Jesus? Because he will bring healing to us when we do. He will lead us when we do. That third step is this. We made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. So would you stand with me? And if you're online, I tell you, just listen to my words. Just everyone close, close your eyes for a moment. And I'm going to read that statement again. Then I'm going to ask, will you make that same decision? We made a decision to, to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. 
Will you make that decision today? With, with what you're going through, and maybe you do believe in Jesus, but somehow or another, like Jason, like he said, you just sort of got off track somehow or another. Maybe it was the pandemic, maybe it was work, maybe it was something else. And you know what? You just started trusting in yourself and you quit taking things to the Lord. Will you make that decision to turn your lives and your wills over to the care of God? And maybe today you have never trusted in Jesus, period. Maybe you didn't think you were good enough. Hey, I'm telling you right now, I'm not good enough. And that's why we need Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to do this. If you're turning your life over to Jesus today, that you do believe that God sent him to forgive you for your sins? That you do, you do believe that he took the penalty for your sins? He, he paid the debt for your sins? And you're ready to trust in him with all your heart? Would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to pray for you. Father God, I want to thank you for the hands that have, have just been raised. And Lord, I pray that your spirit will confirm with their spirit that they are beloved children of God. And Lord, that they would, uh, your spirit would encourage them. Father, speak into them. And Father, I, I pray, pray against the enemy who wants to accuse them. But Father, they would just trust in you. But Father, I also believe there's a lot in the room that could say, you know what, I, I just need to do that again. Not get saved again. But I had just wandered off. So Father, I pray God that uh, all of us in this room would make the decision to just trust in you with all of our heart. To, to repent, just to turn back and let you bring the healing and the life back to us. And Father, may we never forget. And I pray this, Lord, uh, I we need your Spirit's help on this. May we never forget who we are in Jesus Christ. And Lord, it's in His name I pray. Amen. So, in the Father's house. So, of course, that's not here, but yes, here, you're a child of God. There's a place for you here. But what he's really saying, hey, in heaven, there's a place for you. For all of you who have trusted in Jesus Christ, you are who he says you are. You're dearly loved. You're holy. You are without fault. Listen, God loves you. He calls you his child. All right? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, every week we have been ending with a serenity prayer. And so we uh, end Celebrate Recovery every week with this prayer. So if you would, let's read uh, this prayer together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Hey, let me tell you what we did. It was sort of sneaky. We only gave you the first three steps of Celebrate Recovery. 
So, all right. So to get the other nine steps, you, you have to go to Silver Recovery. But let me tell you what happens a lot of times. I'll see people, whether they're at Silver Recovery or Secular Program, they'll get to step three. And, and, and Silver Recovery is different. Our higher power is Jesus Christ. And we believe there is no other higher power. Okay? But it's the other nine steps that help you walk in freedom. You know, so I want to encourage you. Hey, come out Thursday night, 7 o'clock. It'll look a lot like this, okay? And I want to encourage you to do that. Hey, next week, we start a brand new series called Revelation. Very, very excited about that. And listen, it is going to encourage the church for such a time as this. Hey, you know what? I've loved being here together. Have a great week. See you next Sunday. Hey, last thing. If you did make a decision the first time to follow Jesus today, hey, please come up and see me. i got a gift I want to give you. All right, have a great week. Thank you once again for checking out Eastridge Church. We uncovered a lot of things in this series, and there may be some things that really um, hit home with you or some things you realize that you are dealing with and you don't quite know where to start or, or where, who to turn to or what to do, really. Eastridge is here for you. We would love to hear from you about anything that you may have uncovered. We want to help you through that. You can do that a couple ways. You can fill out the connect card at eastridge.church slash connect card. That really is the best way to get connected with us here at Eastridge. There's a place where you can fill out prayer requests, any questions you have, decisions you've made. And also, we have an awesome ministry here at Eastridge called Celebrate Recovery. You've heard us talk about it throughout this whole series. You've heard us talk about it in this message. It's a ministry to help you through these things that you're going through in life that are keeping you from being who God's created you to be. And it can be things that you think may be minor or or more extreme. Cellular recovery deals with it all. If you don't live in the Newton County, Georgia area, that's okay, reach out to us anyway. We wanna help you get plugged into a Celebrate Recovery ministry near you. Because after all, it's not about Eastridge. It's not about the specific Celebrate Recovery ministry we have here, but it's about getting you the help that you need to become who God's created you to be. And we want to help you through that. If you think that these messages, really any message uh, that you hear, but specifically this Aftershock series can benefit someone else around you, go ahead and share it with them. Have a conversation with them. Use these as tools in your small group, um, whatever the case may be. All right, be on the lookout for weekly podcasts. We're going to put these out every Monday. We will see you next time.